You've reached Hoop and Holler, a Square One podcast on basketball and other shenanigans. Danny Green, I'm mad at Danny Green. I just want to thank everybody that's been in my corner during this time. With Reagan Griffin Jr. Reagan, you're the best, man. I'm the clamp guy. I am the Giannis Antetokounmpo of Lion Center. Eddie Sun. Probably won't get hired by, you know, ESPN anytime soon. Because <laughs> we don't got that clutch connection. And Julio Martinez. On uh, Giannis and the Bucks, I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. Please clap. It comes from at underscore underscore uh, KLU2 on Twitter. Bro, the fact that you knew there were two underscores before the to at underscore underscore KLU. He knows your that, Twitter. That means I'm tweeting it too much. But at, when it boils down, like, that's what we're here for is the yeah. basketball. Welcome to the first installment of the 2020 Hoop and Holler special, the top 10 players in the NBA. Today we are going to be going through 10 through 7. This is going to be a three episode series, so be sure to tune into the other two episodes. But in the meantime, enjoy what we got for you. Welcome back to another episode, a very, very special episode of Hoop and Holler. Recently, we came to you guys with one of the first recurring segments on the show, yearly segments, and today we're coming with another one, top 10 players in the NBA. I'm excited, man. How are y'all doing? Doing pretty well. I'm excited. Another yearly episode. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Eddie, how about you? I mean, I'm excited, but I will be honest, it will be a little bit less um, wild with my list this year than I was last year when I put Carl Anthony Towns there. Maybe maybe I'm just a changed man, but you know, maybe maybe just a little less uh, wild with my takes this time I, around. I, I still think, uh, like Reagan mentioned on his Instagram, that it's going to be toxic. Still, it's most definitely going to be toxic, just by nature of having the three of us on the same podcast. It's going to be toxic, but I love the character evolution, Eddie. Uh, I'm not sure if you're as you know outlandish as you used to be, but you know, still as carry the same conviction, which I respect. Let's go ahead and get into these top 10s. But before we get into our current top 10s going into this season, I want to take a look back at our top 10s last season. I want you both to give me, and I'll participate in this as well, what is your biggest regret from your top 10 list last season? So obviously the clear answer, right, would be to say that I put Carl Anthony Towns at the number six spot. That was egregious. Top 10 that was last egregious. Year. But do I regret it? Not at all. I mean, <laughs> I, I regret honestly nothing. thought, and I still think that he has the talent to be a top five NBA player because we just have never seen a player built in his mold at his size and have the skills that he does. But if I if I do say like what I regret the most though is having Giannis at number one because he was coming off you know his MVP season that really impressed everybody, and I think everyone was caught up in the you know, he doubled down and worked even harder that offseason. And what we saw was he worked harder at the things he was already good at and didn't work on the things he needed to work on. And um, I think a lot of people have more clarity this offseason about, you know, what kind of player Giannis really is. And he's not quite the number one overall, you know, type caliber player just yet. Hmm. We're not going to brush off what you just said right now, bro. You just said... There's never been or there's not anyone like Carl Anthony Towns at that size uh, uh, with those, with that skill set. I can give you a player at that size. I don't know if he's taller or shorter with a better skill set. Are you going to say Elijah one? That's AD. Oh, that's AD. AD. Well, AD's not shooting it like that. I, I think that's AD, really what... AD's what... Shooting, shooting like Clay Thompson at 7 foot? A, a, oh, oh, Carl Anthony Towns has the handles that AD does? Carl Anthony Towns has the fadeaways that AD does? I'd argue that he has a better post game than AD. He has. He does not have the footwork anywhere near the footwork that AD does. I, I mean, it's not. It's not Minnesota for so long that we haven't watched him because I used to think that okay, he, oh. he's a great post center with all sorts of offensive moves that can occasionally stretch it to the three. Now he's just Clay Thompson, except okay. he can also you... be Joel Embiid as well. <laughs> like you know, let's. I mean, let's not fall into the trap of, of you know that. I don't even know, like when NBA analysts who, who, you know, never, you know, play basketball, they think that the only skill set that, you know, a player should have is the ability to drive and finish and shoot the three. I mean, there's people forget about footwork, 
you know, pull-up jumpers going right to left in the mid-range. I mean, turnaround jumpers. I mean, all these things are, like, heavy skill sets that AD clearly has over Cat. I see, and the, not I see even the game like about you, the Julio. Not even you talking about I, the defense, though. I see the game like you, Julio, and I'm telling you, I watched Carl Anthony Towns play since, you know, his rookie year. I mean, we can count Kentucky, too, but, you know, since his rookie year, and he has all that. He's such a advanced not like AD. offensive not like player. AD. I mean, he can have some of it. Not like AD, though. And that's not even talking I mean, about the defense. I, I guess we'd have to, I hate to say this, but like, I guess we'd have to agree to disagree, but maybe when Carl Anthony Towns becomes the next uh, uh, Giannis and he, and he, you know, gets rumored to go to all these big markets and he actually goes yeah. to like a New York Knicks or something, we get to see him more and fully get to appreciate what he is. I'll be like, I'll just say right now, I don't have him in my top 10 this year, you know, whatever, thank you, whatever. But he has the talent to definitely be a top 10 NBA player. I don't think that's that egregious. He's just I mean, that's not egregious. He he has the talent to be one, but he's not one right now. That's why I said he has the ability to be a top five talent in the NBA. And last year, I thought he would be given a new coach who knows how to get the best out of players like him. But, you know, it doesn't Okay, just to close it out, just just to close it out, do you have AD in your top 10? Yeah. So what's the story? Is that I think Cat is the better talent. He's just not the better player right now. Hmm. I just uh, I just let y'all duke that one out, man. I didn't even want to intrude myself into that discussion. A lot of interesting stuff, but Julio, you're up. What is the number one thing that you regret from last year's list? I mean, it's not even something that I regret. It's just I'm surprised by it. Hmm. Um, that's having Nikola Jokic in the top ten. I didn't. I did not expect that at all. Oh, you didn't uh, expect how, it. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, knowing how I am about big men. And the fact that he performed, you know, well this year, I mean, shoot, if I had to guess a year that I would have him in the top 10, it would be this year, Man, not last year. Julio had so, a chubbers on his top I, 10. Yo, <laughs> this is crazy. I, I think I think, I, I think that was the most surprising thing. And then uh, PG, Paul George is a guy who, you know, fell in a lot of people's lists this year. Um, I mean, his whole skill set is there. His defense is there. Um, I'm just like Eddie said. I'm just gonna say it right now, like he's not in my top ten this year. But I wouldn't put him like at twenty either. Mm-hmm. He's if someone wants to say he's a top ten player, I'd be like, fine, okay, I, I can agree with that. Um, but yeah, that that's another one. Got you. Uh, as it goes for me, um, I'm kind of on the same. Vain is Eddie, I guess, um, in saying that I probably had Giannis a little too high. I had him at two, not one. I saw LeBron James at one. But um, given, you know, what I've kind of learned about basketball over the course of the past year, two was too high for Giannis. One was too high for Giannis. Hell, top three might be a little high for Giannis, um, just given the basketball abilities that he's displayed. I guess, you know, Kyrie Irving at 10 isn't that egregious, but kind of weird. I had Kyrie at 10 too. Yeah, Kyrie at 10. I don't know. I don't regret much from this list knowing where my head was at, at the time. Maybe Joel Embiid at 8. Ben Simmons at Ben Simmons at 9. That's what I regret the most is having <laughs> Ben Simmons at 9 with a parenthesis next to his name saying I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on his jumper. That's bad. That's 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 inexcusable. Why would I give Ben Simmons the benefit of the doubt on his jumper? So with that said, y'all ready? Julio's getting his water in. Eddie's stretching it out. Start at 10? Yeah, we're going to go from 10 to 1. We're going to go from 10 to 1. Oh, my God. We're going to go 10 to 1? 10 to 1. 10 to 1. Because if we started at 1, then, you know, the viewers, right? The viewers or the listeners. No, no, that's true. That's true. But it's like, eh. Oh, my God. Okay. Let's let's go. Let's go. All right, I'm gonna put you on the spot, Julio, because you you kind of had a reaction to knowing that we were gonna start from 10 to 1. So who's your 10? Okay. I want y'all to know that I took a kind of, I don't want to say a a tunnel vision perspective on my list, but it's very focused and centric on one specific. (laughs) This is about to be some bullshit. I can tell by the way you're talking right now. (laughs) (laughs) One specific setting. And that's a seven game series. Okay. Okay. At number 10, and my heart's beating right now because I know people are going to be mad, but at number 10, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, 
Back to back MVP, you know, leader of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, I mean, we we all know what he brings to the table. Uh, so yeah, Gian- Giannis at ten. It's not that egregious. It's not okay. that egregious. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people are going to see it as such, but oh, I'm, I won't. I won't. I, I'm sorry. I, I do want to say this before you guys uh, uh, or someone you know gets mad at me. Giannis, he might bring you more wins more than anybody on this list. Mm-hmm. Off of sheer, you know, he doesn't get hurt. Um, maybe if Budenholzer playing more minutes, but I mean, he's shown that he he can have the best record. You know, him leading a team, his team can have the best record in the NBA. Um, and whether you know, I don't think that translates well to the playoffs when he's the focal point of your offense. Um, but if you're taking that into account, that's why I wanted to preface my argument, my list with, you know, my kind of, you know, tunnel vision kind of perspective on my list. Um, but he is going to bring you maybe more wins than anybody on this list. So I will say that about it. Hmm. So See, I want- think if we did this last year and we just knew each other for a month, you know, I would have been stupefied and yelling into into our, you know, mics and studio B or whatever. But who knows basically have been has been pushing this idea of Giannis for months now. So like, obviously we can't be surprised. I will disagree though, because I still don't think that, you know, his flaws are a product of him specifically, but more about team context. I know you just said this about Giannis needs to get better at the things, you know, like whatever, like, you know, mid range jumpers, pull up jumpers, but that just might not be his game and his team doesn't understand that that might not be his game. So can I really fault him and say he's a bad player? Like, no, we don't, we don't ask, um, you know, we don't ask Steph Curry to post up, right? Like we don't ask Anthony Davis to run pick and roll. It's like, there's just sometimes we don't ask players to do certain things and maybe teams like Milwaukee need to understand that Giannis shouldn't be doing things like, you know, running the entirety of an offense. Hmm. Yeah, and, and that's fair. And that's fair. But that's why you need to put, a kind of score first mentality lead guard pair him next to Giannis or with Giannis to kind of, you know, shoulder that burden as well. Um, but yeah, got Giannis at 10. Julio, let me ask you this. Is he an honest 10 or was he like a, I can't not have him on the top 10, 10. See, when, when you ask me, it, it's hard for me to balance because you, you, again, you can't deny all the positives that Giannis brings to the table. And I didn't even mention his defense. He, he won Defense Player of the Year, yeah. right? Yeah, so, I mean, from that standpoint, it's like you almost, like, can't not have him. But obviously, when I look at basketball skills, I mean, you can throw someone like PG, you know, someone like Bradley Beal. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I think Giannis overall from, you know, who's better standpoint – I'll still give it to Giannis. I, I didn't. I didn't take it from that perspective. I, I, I'd have been. He's damned. truly a number ten for me. I, I would have been damned if you said up here and said Bradley Beal was the tenth best player in the NBA over Giannis. It would have been an issue, bro. It'd have been an issue. <laughs> Anyways, Eddie, who's your ten? Okay, so before I, you know, do the whole list, I will say that last year my approach to these kind of things were very like projection based. Mm-hmm. That I was like, well, this player. You know, if he existed in the right context and was maximized what he can show with his skills, then, you know, that's how I line up, you know, how good my players are. And when I do that, you know, I kind of take away, you know, things like how viable are you in a playoff series? Like how, um, you know, just how good can you be in, in an ordinary team context, not like a perfect ideal. So what I did do differently this year was, you know, and this is why my list is not as crazy, was that. You know, I'm just looking at things more at what they are instead of what they could be. Mm-hmm. So that, that's just my whole preface. So at number 10, and part of this can be attributed to, you know, Julio hammering this point, but I have Jimmy Butler at number 10 mm. because I know that what he shows me is that, you know, he can be a maybe not the premier of first options, but, you know, definitely one of the best ones in the league. And, you know, he'll do things for a team when it matters. Um, and you know, you can't really say a lot of negatives about him, even though I talked about, he doesn't shoot threes, but you know, I think after last year, it kind of proves that, you know, if you have Jimmy Butler on your team, you have a chance to make the finals and you know, there's not a lot of players like that in the league. And that's why I have him at number 10. Yeah. 
I have Jeremy Butler at number 10 as well. Um, and for a long time, really 15 minutes before we hopped on this call, I had Nikola Jokic at 10. Nikola Jokic is the first guy out for me. And, you know, just having Jimmy Butler sitting there, because I kind of went down to like 20 just for the heck of it. Um, but having Jimmy Butler sitting there at 11 just did not sit right with me. I'm like, I cannot have watched this man in the NBA Finals drop multiple 40-point triple doubles with his back against the wall, on a bum leg, with his two best teammates injured, going toe-to-toe with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. No way that dude can't be on the top 10 players in the NBA. So as good as I think Nikola Jokic is, and I think Nikola Jokic, if he's not already one of the league's superstars, he's on the cusp of it. Um, I can't say that I have the confidence that Nikola Jokic can go out there and put on a performance in a, in a crucial moment like that, like Jimmy Butler did. So he really, like right before we started this podcast, ended up sneaking into the top 10 for me. Hats off to Jimmy Butler. And he finally got a haircut. Good for the dude. Good for the dude. All right, Julio, who's number nine? At number nine, I got Jimmy Butler. Um, as you guys can recall, when even before they were playing, um, what what I was saying, you know, uh, sarcastically, you know, you can say Giannis is the better player. He got he's the MVP. He's all that. He's defensive player of the year. But who would I rather have in a seven game series? I mean, it's Jimmy Butler. That, that, that's easy for me. Um, so, and, and you guys listed all the reasons why. He, he's just, I mean, even if you're not a fan of the Miami Heat, you just have to appreciate and respect everything that he's done, you know, for his team on and off the court. Um, and it just has to be, it has to be, you know, recognized and respected. So for all the reasons I said and for what you guys said, I got Jimmy at nine. Hmm. Okay. So at number nine, I have KD. Oh! I know. And I don't what want to. Whoa! Here we I go. Don't. Here we go. Here we go with the BS, I bro. No, I don't <laughs> want to because if he was healthy and never tore his Achilles, he'd probably be one, two, or three. Probably. But, but, you know, can I be totally sure after, you know, uh, the most devastating injury in basketball? You know, I mean, that that's the big question. Like, I still think he'll be a premier talent, and maybe he'll prove me wrong, but if you ask me right now, like, if I just had to pick 10 dudes, right, like, in a row, like, how effective can they be, I don't know whether I can put KD up there right now. I mean, he looked good. Here, here's, here's, here's my thing with KD, that uh, uh, I even took it before the game, you know, the preseason game where, where he played against the Wizards. But here's my thing with KD. He's so damn good, and his game is not reliant on, you know, uber-athleticism to where you almost have to give him the, you know, what Reagan said about Ben Simmons. You have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Not the same, I but mean, okay. If, if he didn't, I, I know it's not the same thing, but, you know, if, if KD didn't get hurt, just like you said, I think he'd be one easily. So I think I think you could, you know, it's a fair argument. But I will also say that I've said this about uh, KD when people talk about Steph versus KD as well, and that you're building your entire you know, list based on seven game series. I still have to think about it in a holistic way, as in not just, you know, in a seven game playoff series. Can you get me a one on one bucket? You know, can you get me a score or something? But also, like, what do you do for your team? And again, I'm lower on guys that create for themselves and not a lot for others. And throughout his career, KD, while being perhaps the best talent in the NBA ever, perhaps, you know, it is kind of that sort of player. Um, that being said, I still would have had him, you know, top five at least if he was healthy. But the but thing is, he is. That, you know, like, that, well, what, what reason do we have to, to speculate that he's not healthy? He looked good in the preseason games. He's not favoring his leg at all. Right. Like by my consideration, the dude looks fine to me. There's no reason to think that think he wouldn't he, be healthy. I think, I think what Eddie's getting to is maybe his sustainability throughout the course of the season. But it's like here's, yeah, it's not that I think he's you know hurt right now. But the thing is, you know, a lot of like what his game was and people think it was just him shooting jumpers over people. Like, no, there was a level of burst to his game that made his six eleven seven foot height worth something. 
but right? he still that he, he still so he just like I, I can size. think of two three plays in which he showed that burst like my thing is with the Achilles right I can see if it's a thing to where he comes back and you think like he's not fully healthy and he's not like a hundred percent in his leg but that's not what I saw on the court. He seemed like he was 100%. The only fear that I would have is that something else get injured gets injured because he's he's uh he, he's not he has a muscular imbalance of some sort. Um but as far as things go in terms of his health and being 100%, he looked at 100% capacity when he played. There's no gimpiness, there's no limping, there's no favoring. Every it's Kevin Durant. I mean, sure, but I'm not going to watch one preseason game and make verdicts. Also, I want to see him this year as you know, a player who wanted into this situation after OKC, after the Warriors, you know, I want to see him prove something just from like a, a leadership standpoint. From like a, you know, Man, that's what I this is about. You see, you see, Julio, you see what I'm saying, right? That's what this is about, bro. This is this. That's what this is about, bro. This is what this is about. It's the Warriors, bro. It's the Warriors. It all goes back. Because if I have if I have Jimmy Butler at ten, it's because I care about these sort of things now a little bit. You know, maybe Julio, you keep on talking about it, and I care. So that's why I want to see it out of KD as well. Like you put yourself in that spot. You know, like you know, now go show the world something. You know, you didn't like OKC that much after a while. The Warriors, you got tired of it after a while. I was like, now you have what you wanted. You know, like go prove that. You <laughs> this is this is this is hater. This is haterade. You're this sipping on haterade right now. This comes from the man who said, "Man, I'd rather win championships without KD." Like you would win them automatically. He's hurt. That's some not- some hurt. <laughs> <laughs> definitely something in there's hurt man no but like the thing is like again i don't know a what reason we have to speculate that kevin durant wouldn't be and i, th- I saw a tweet the other day that was like I, I it was people have forgotten the impact of kevin durant on a non-warriors team which i think makes a lot of sense because i think people have truly forgotten what kevin durant's game does for an okc type of team which is really good but you know perhaps not enough to go over the top without kevin durant that one on one iso style of kevin durant style of play is going to come in for you time and again throughout the uh, the, the course of the season and especially when it comes to playoff time I think Kevin Durant at, at nine, when we talk about this next year, we're talking about the things that we most regret, regret like that might be egregious, man. Kevin Durant, is, there's no world in which Kevin Durant's not a top five player right now. It could be. And I want to say I have nothing but love for Kevin Durant. Like he's still going to be one of my favorites. It's just, you know, people talk about like, can he prove that he's a number one option, not just skill wise, but, you know, from a like, like a team concept. From like, can I be a number one on a team that wins the chip? You know, so we haven't seen that yet. And, you know, I'm asking to do what he did in OKC MVP years. I don't know if it's possible given his age and given, you know, coming off the Achilles. It's it, it's tough. Like, again, if healthy, I would have him in my top five at least. There's a lot to unpack there, but I'm not sure we have the, uh, the time to get into all of that right now. So, number nine, Julio, you gave me yours. I guess it's on me. Um, I have Damian Lillard. I have Damian Lillard at number nine. Kind of a sleeper to get into some people's top tens. I feel like there's some people who would put him in the top ten, some people who wouldn't. But again, almost the same thing as uh, Jimmy Butler. There's certain things that I saw Damian Lillard do that I just uh, reflect on, and it's like there's no way that dude can't be in my top ten. And I know we haven't seen Damian Lillard go to the NBA Finals. I know we haven't even seen him get to the Western Conference Finals and go seven games, right? But Damian Lillard, uh, I think, is a guy who's suffered at the hands of his organization in a situation more than anything else. And, you know, in a team context where he had players around him that could help him get to a championship, he would easily be that dude. So I'm not going to be the one to knock him for something that he hasn't accomplished when he really hasn't had the circumstances to allow him to accomplish that. Damian Lillard's a baller. That dude's probably the most clutch player in the NBA. He can shoot the lights out of the ball. He can create for his teammates. And, you know, he, he's a, he's as much of a dog as they come, man. I love Damian Lillard. To me, he's got to be a top 10 NBA player. I mean, to me, it's the same thing, you know, with a bunch of players around the NBA who, you know, if you want to win, you got to get out of your city, bro. I mean, at some point, the stuff on the court isn't just up to you. It's also up to, you know, management and executives in the front office. So, I mean, Dame, like, you can stay in Portland – and you can be loyal and you can build your, you know, your your lifelong fan base there. But a ring is not coming to you, buddy. It's just the truth. 
So, so here's my question for you, Julio, because now the question that I have is, are you, would you lower him on a list because of the decision to stay in Miami or to stay in Portland? Excuse me. Okay. No, because I know that he could perform on a championship stage, whether it's another player of his equal caliber, you know, on his team or, you know, him as a quote unquote number two. I don't really like to say number two because it feels like you're, you know, you're degrading them as players, just like calling AD a number two. You know, all these guys are, you know, potential or are, you know, number one. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, subtract anything from Dame because I know or I have a good feeling that he would perform well in, in those circumstances. Hmm. Gotcha. Eddie, thoughts on, on Damian Lillard at number nine? I'm not mad, but we'll get into him later, I have a feeling. For sure, for sure. All right, number eight. Back on you, Julio. I got Dame. There it is. All right. <laughs> and, and, and it's funny. <laughs> the back-to-back picks where I, I kind of match. I'll match you, Reagan. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Dame, the, the re- I was having trouble with Dame and Jimmy, and I said this uh, when Miami was going on their run, you know, to the NBA Finals. I said, if Dame, if you switched out Dame and Jimmy, Dame on the Miami Heat, I, I, it's my opinion. I don't think he would carry them to the NBA Finals um, just because, I, I don't know, you know, we mentioned everything that Jimmy brings, but Dame, not even from, you know, a defensive standpoint, because we know that Jimmy Butler is better on that end, um, but Dame is just lethal. That's something that few guys have in this league that when they catch on fire, you think it's game over. And you just can't stop them. He has that aura about him that, you know, when, when the Warriors were going, that the Splash Brothers had about them. And that's something that Dame has, you know, within himself that he carries that on any given night, he'll drop, you know, 60 on you. Mm-hmm. And you, you won't even, you know, you, you'll blink it and, you know, you'll look up at the scoreboard and, and you know, he'll have 60. So... That's why, for that, you know, reason alone, I put him above Jimmy. Hmm. I mean, it's one of those things, right? Like, I, I was saying that the, the, the um, and I still hold to this, that a healthy Portland team would have taken the, the Lakers to six games just simply by the will, the sheer will of Damian Lillard. Like, it was some of those pre-playoff performers where the dude's just pulling up from logo like it's nothing. Teams are, you know, trying to double him at half court, and he's still making them pay for it, not just, you know, for when, for scoring, but playmaking as well. The dude's making all the right passes. Like, no, Damian Lillard's a special dude, man. He's special. Um, so at number eight, I have Anthony Davis. Oh and, my God! No, 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 and, no, no, and, and, no, and, and, no, no, and, no, 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 no. You're crazy hating. Part was you're hating. At the no, the crazy part was I was legit. Like, I could put Anthony Davis at number one, and like, I almost wanted to, but it's just like. It doesn't make sense because I'm you looking at the list of You can't put him at one. I'm like, well, like I know I can't put him at one, but I'm like, there's a. You could argue it's possible that after next season, we're thinking about Anthony Davis as you know the best player in the NBA. It's possible, but then I was looking at you know who else I had on this list, and I'm like, well, you know, I can't really put him over this guy. I can't put him over this guy, and unfortunately, he's number eight. But like. Like, I think he could be higher, but again, this is how I feel about, like, you know, centers without, like, a great perimeter game. It's just, you know, like... Whoa, 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 like, whoa, I'm not, whoa, 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 No, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not going to doubt his defense anymore. Like, he, he's, you know, maybe, it could be the second best, maybe the best defender in the league at this point. And, you know, he's a total game changer on that point. But, you know, offensively, it's like he's got everything in the bag. It's like he's got everything you could ask for. But it's also like what I have his skill set over, you know, a great wings, right? What I have his oh, skill set over no. like a like a Luca. It's like I mean like I can't do no. that. And that's the only thing for me. It's like there's certain guys I mean, that are absolute like catalysts on offense, which is, you know, the, the side of the court where you really need to be great at. And it's like, well, Anthony Davis can't quite do that, and that's why he was best fitted for that number two role behind LeBron James on the Lakers. So I was like, okay, I guess I have to put him at number eight. But again, it's like I struggle with this because I'm like he, he well, could be, he could be top five, like just talent wise, he could be a lot higher. I don't have the biggest beef with AD at eight, um, and I, I of course I do have him uh, uh, a pretty good you know amount higher. Um, but 
I, I can't be too mad at that. Just just because I, I know some of the players that I can at least sympathize with your judgment and mentality that, you know, can you really put AD above these guys? My problem with AD doesn't even lie within his game so much as it lies with what he showed me as a number one on his own team. Exactly. No That's mode. old no. shit, man. That's old. That's old. We ain't going to talk and about that, that no more. That's old. I mean, you can't really put that to the to the side and just say, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, just because, and, and I know it's going to sound like hating big men, but you, I mean, perimeter-oriented players are just more important. And, I mean, Reagan, I, I have them higher, but I just, I mean, I, I of course, I do agree with or disagree with Eddie, but I, I just don't have, you know, a huge beef with it just because of what he showed me as a number one in NOLA. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I just wanted to throw that out there. So, and by the way, so I do have another big man ranked one spot higher than him, and I think it's pretty obvious what other big man can be, you know, higher. And the, old, and the only thing with that is that, like, when I think of Anthony Davis, I think of a quote-unquote traditional big, but just about, like, extended as much as you can like traditionally into like a modern style, but everything about him is still like traditional. And what we know about traditional bigs is that, you know, in this 2020 style of basketball, it's like their effectiveness, especially on the offensive end, you know, if you're like a post-up dominant kind of center is that it's not crazy effective anymore. Even if you can hit the step backs and fadeaways that he can hit at that clip. So that's the only thing it's like, at that size, you got to show me something special in this current 21st century basketball context for me to be like your special player. Here, here's my biggest beef with, with, I guess, your list thus far. I can't take people telling me that Giannis is better than AD. I can't take it. And I know, I feel like NBA fans are split on that, but frankly, I just don't think it's close. It's not close to me. It's really not. It's really not. So you having Giannis higher than AD, I got beef with that. I got, I, I do have but beef with that. There's another guy um, in particular. We'll get into it that, when I when I say where I have Giannis, there's another guy in particular that I think is interesting to kind of understand why you have him ahead of AD. But we'll get there. Um, y'all didn't really talk about defense a whole lot, man. That kind of. I've talked about defense. I mean, you did. It's like in passing. Why don't we talk like AD is a. Well, Game-changing defender, you, like like if you it, take the best defender in the league, and you take the best, I guess, scorer in the league. I mean, who's the better player? Probably the best scorer. But what I'm saying is, like, it's not zero sum to where okay, because you know the great offense beats better defense, or shit, I said that wrong. But better offense beats great defense. Now we just disregard defense, or we only mention defense and passing. It's like no, great defense is gonna beat good offense, you know, average offense, like it's going to, great defense is going to be everything other than exceptional offense, right? So having a great defender, an all-world defender like Anthony Davis, I mean, you saw what it did to that Lakers team. Anthony Davis alone made that team, you know, one of the top five defense in the NBA. Part of the reason why they were able to win the chip was Anthony Davis's efforts on the defensive end of the floor. I mean, it, I mean, we saw the impact of that against the Miami Heat. I just don't think it can be understated what he does for your team on that end of the floor, man. So, uh, we'll get into it further. And, and he's not—he's not even like—he's not even like a big man defender like Gobert, where he just blocks shots. Right, you know, he can go guard guards, and he switches on to anybody in the league, and he has—you know—he has a legit chance at, you know, stopping them, locking no, them. No, I mean, like, yeah, you guys are right, and that, and the, you know, and the thing about that is, like, I can't disregard the defense, but while some people think, oh, like, we undervalue defense too much. It's like, that's just the truth, though. When we talk about defense, there's so much of, like, you know, five people on the same side of the court happening at the same time for defense. It's so much more team concepts working in tandem with other things that, you know, it, you can kind of um, work around it in a multitude of ways that you can't do with offense. You can't take a guy like Anthony Davis, and if you didn't have him, you can say, well, you know, if we play a certain way, we can replicate Anthony Davis on offense. You, it just, can't, it's not you can't do that on defense. Without Anthony Davis, you couldn't have done what but, the Lakers did. But I think it's undeniable that, you know, what any great defender brings on defense is easier to kind of make up for, 
you know, not totally, but you can make up more to build like a good defense than you can a great offensive player. If you lose a great offensive player, you know, your offense is shit, right? Sure. But like defense is something that can be built with team concepts and, you know, like hard work and, and you know, just like schemes and things like but that. They, uh, but what I'm that, saying like, is like when we get to the, when we get to the, when we're talking about top tens and we're splitting at hairs between all of guys who are clearly great players, right? These are the things that we have to give a lot of credence to is when a one guy you can put out there and he's going to single-handedly create a top five NBA defense on you, regardless of the context. And hell, you don't have to have, you know, that great or that well, elite of perimeter see, actually, defenders. Actually, I disagree with that because in New Orleans, they were like a top 20 defense perennially within there. Okay. I mean, it was, was New Orleans have competent defensive coaching? Right. You got a guy like Frank Vogel. I'm saying like the Lakers did really well with scheming to make sure that Anthony Davis was his best defensive. I mean, no, 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 again, no, 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 we're talking about see that's where I disagree because it's not scheming like to that. make Anthony, Anthony Davis, Davis good at defense. Always, the difference no, is, is they didn't know how to use Anthony Davis's abilities in New Orleans. You get a guy who's Frank Vogel. He, you know, obviously he had his years with the Pacers. The dude knows what the hell he's doing on defense. You get a guy who knows how to use a guy like Anthony Davis. It's not scheming to make Anthony Davis good at defense. It's taking what's an elite defender and allowing him to be an elite defender. We're, we're getting off topic, man. My my number eight is um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. So I had him at two last year, and now he's eight this year. And I think that just speaks to something that I kind of want to talk about is just over the past year, I've gone through a lot of experiences, had a lot of discussions with a lot of people from Eddie here to, you know, hooping against Julio to, you know, playing Lion Center basketball at USC and, you know, on NBA Twitter and looking at, you know, how some of the, the, the smartest hoop heads, you know, view and, and observe and analyze basketball, you know, I, I've had somewhat of a realization that, you know, the ability to create is probably the most important skill in basketball, whether that's for the self, whether that's for others. If you can't create, um, particularly when we talk about playoff situations, then it, it docks you a bit. Uh, and we saw that with Giannis this year and not being able to get past the second round in Miami Heat. Um, his weaknesses showed, and Giannis is a great basketball player. Don't get me wrong, cats off to him for making 200 and whatever million dollars off of his abilities, man. That dude busts his ass just about as hard as anyone in this league. The dude's a grinder. All the respect in the world for him, but you can't deny the fact that he lapses when it comes to creation in basketball. He comes, he lapses, and we had this discussion on ages ago on this podcast about the whole Harden versus Giannis thing, and, and you know what quantifies basketball skills. Um, and you know, you heard it here first from me. Giannis lacks basketball skills. I'll say it. he lacks basketball skills. Um, so you're and, saying strength is not a skill. <laughs> I mean, strength is something that's going to translate to basketball success, but clearly it's not something that's going to help you in a playoff setting when I can put two, three dudes around and, you know, that strength can be neutralized. You got to have some some ability to create. Right. And Giannis does not have that at this particular juncture. So for me, he fell from two to eight. Still a hell of a basketball player going to be an MVP contention every year for the rest of his career. One of the brightest young stars that I still have hope for him. And when it comes to creation, you know, maybe that's hope is, is misplaced. But, you know, I, I would love to see a world of which Giannis knows how to uh, attack a double team and make that pass into the corner for a wide open three. But that's not right now. And, and for that reason, I have made. I mean, I feel like the people I talk to, people think I hate on Giannis, but it's not even so much about him. And I've told you guys this previously, too. It's not so much about him as it is about the media trying to prop somebody up, acting like, or maybe they actually believed it, that he was the best basketball player, you know, in the league. And that's just not true. Um, but do I think he can be, you know, that 1B player? Yes. Maybe if you put like an extreme, you know, 1A type lead guard slash perimeter player next to him, yes. But can he be that for sure, number one catalyst, you know, center of your offense. Not at all. Not at all. That's not even, you know, to attack him because just like Eddie said, I mean, he brings so many good attributes that, you know, let's not even try to, let's not even try to, you know, attack or minimize, you know, his or center on his weaknesses. Let's just try to prop up his strengths and fill in his weaknesses with the teammates you put around him. Um, but yeah, I mean, Gian- Giannis, 
what he showed us, obviously, you know, he's going to take a dip in a lot of people's lists, but he's still a great player. Man. Yes, he is. And I, that's where I kind of get caught up when we talk about, you know, um, basketball abilities. Because, you know, you talk about a guy like Donovan Mitchell. No one's going to say Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray is better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. But Giannis Antetokounmpo needs a guy like Donovan Mitchell or Jamal Murray to go anywhere. Um, and does that make him less of a basketball player? No, but you have to be realistic about what it takes to be a good basketball team in the league. And, and But Giannis does not have the creation abilities to make a good basketball team. So either he gets those abilities or he needs a guy, perhaps Drew Holiday, um, that can allow him to, to, to really flourish as a player. And because that he doesn't have those creation abilities, I can't put him up there with the likes of, of some of the greatest creators in the league. So, you know, congrats to y'all. You finally beat it into me. I, I've been trying to stand 10 toes on that. But, you know, you got to you got to face reality at some point. Go to number seven. Yeah, yeah, seven. Julio, what's up? At number seven, I got James Harden. Mm. Um, Interesting. Whoa. See, that's surprising. Really, this is surprising. For you, that's a yeah. Lot lower than I think you'd have him. For you, yeah. You see, but when I look at James Harden, obviously, okay, not everything I look at is. <laughs> what you can do handle wise, you know, step backs, shot. Cre- I mean, that's not all I look at. You obviously have to look at your team, just like I did with Giannis. When, when uh, just like I said, when you have a guy who can't create the center of your offense, when you neutralize him and all you have is shooters around him and guys who can't create, your your whole offense is going to be neutralized. So, I mean, it's like the same thing with Harden. You kind of cap you. you it's difficult to say. It's like I, you cap your offense's ability when you have James Harden. If you're playing the style, you know, that he's been accustomed to playing under Mike D'Antoni. When you have a guy that dominates the ball that much, that refuses to move, literally refuses to move when another person on his team has the ball and he just stands there so his defender doesn't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, it like, I don't want to say that it, it, it you know it makes your offense suffer but you know to a specific point you got to do something else but you know you know other than create for yourself he has the ball 98 percent of the time and, and i mean how has that turned out as the best player on your team mm-hmm. in the playoffs it, it reminds me of a point that gilbert arenas brought up on uh, club shay shay which is that you know and obviously i think i might have said this on this podcast before but essentially right you have a guy like Giannis and you have a guy like James Harden who exist on two completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of basketball skill but at the end of the day their Achilles heels are the exact same thing in that they're one trick ponies right and that they can't do anything else so because of that and you're not versatile in your skill set it allows teams to be able to game plan to neutralize you like the Lakers did with James Harden, like the Heat did with Giannis Antetokounmpo. So it's kind of an interesting dichotomy because those dudes literally have had feuds right over basketball skill. But at the end of the day, um, you know, they're both of their lack of versatility is ultimately what keeps them from elevating their game to where they want it to be, you know, at a championship level, which I think is kind of an interesting, uh, ironic thing going on. But, uh, Without dragging it too long, though, let's not equate Giannis's lack of, you know, versatility with Harden's lack of versatility, because what Harden does for a team, you know, is already basically do like eighty percent of the work when a team but, needs it to be done. No, but the he question, doesn't need no, the, to. No, he doesn't need to. But, but again, he yeah, the to. question, the question is about whether James Harden can do the most, you know, just remedial basic of stuff. You know, a guy like Giannis got to learn, you know, the hard stuff. James Harden has all the hard stuff mastered. It's just literally, you know, running around the court a little bit more, you know, doing the pacer test around the court a little bit more than he does already. And again, that stuff, they exist on two opposite ends of the spectrum. But I'm not going to sit up here and act like I think one's more important than the other either. Because as much as I can say, man, Giannis lacks basketball skills. He has to learn the hard stuff and Giannis has to learn the easy stuff. But it's like Giannis is the type of dude that I know is going to bust his ass to do the easy stuff. Right. Giannis is never you're not going to find a moment where Giannis isn't out there working hard. He just has to work a little smarter. But what really irritates me about James Harden is that he doesn't seem 
seem like honest. the type of dude who's willing to bust his ass for for you know what what's going to ultimately help your team win a championship. That's the when you tell me and that I the easy it. stuff is that you what you can't do. Now I'm a little irritated because it's like that's the stuff that you should be able to master if you gave a shit, right? If you gave a shit, it. and that's that's why, what that's what really frustrates me. And that's why you know his issues and you know his lack of kind of maybe devotion to the game prevents him from being a number one player when he could have number one type talent but you know Giannis can work as hard as he wants in the lab and he's not going to have the skills James Harden has it's just because the dude is different at basketball I'm talking about James Harden that is so again like no like you know running around the court a little bit more and trying a little harder while you know you should be doing that is not the same as you know, not it's not the same, but basketball. it's equally as frustrating is what I'm trying to get across. It's like it's equally that's... as frustrating. Sure. But w- w- if we're evaluating players, it's not one to one. It's like, it's not one to one in that. I, I mean, stuff. obviously, like Giannis, I said, Giannis. two opposite ends of the spectrum. Right. There are completely opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of basketball skill. But when you talk about the fact that at, at their core, what they are, are one trick pony basketball players. That much can't be denied. I mean, all, 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 all I'm going to say is that. I did have Harden, you know, ahead of Dame, Jimmy, and Giannis. So, I mean, to, uh, I guess, to appease to Eddie, I, 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 would, I would rather have, you know, James Harden rather than Giannis in a, in a seven-game series. That's what the I. way I'm looking at things. But the guys that I have ahead of James Harden, and I'm going to present it to you afterwards, I just don't think I'd rather have James Harden more than them. Maybe is he more skilled at basketball than a lot of these guys or some of these guys ahead of him? Maybe. But what does he do to your team? And I know we're, we're not really getting into off, you know, off the court type of stuff. But, I mean, what does Jimmy bring to your team? Mm-hmm. That, that's something that has to be accounted for. And when James Harden is just the number one dog on your team, does that kind of, you know – I, I don't know. He he brings negative things to your team. That, that's all I'm trying to say. And the guys I, I had ahead I mean, of him, I just wouldn't. I, I wouldn't rather. You know, I'd rather have them over James Harden. And I and I have Harden. You know, docked accordingly because of all that. Because you know, if he did prove that he cared about winning more, he might just be like number two on this list. But again, if we're talking about you know equal opposite ends of the spectrum, like it's not equal because Giannis can't do the stuff because he literally can't do it. You know, James Harden's just not doing it because he doesn't give a shit. And, you know, like, it's worse to say you don't give a shit when you could give a shit. But let's be real. Like, if you can't do the stuff, like, that makes you better than a person who can't. It, I don't know. I think I think it's, it's pretty simple. But, I mean, I'll say my number seven now. So, yeah. um, I have Nikola Jokic at seven. Mm. Uh, one spot above Anthony Davis, like I said. And... You know, why do I have him at number seven? Because I think we've seen now, and, and there's enough sample size, we've seen it for three years straight, that he's literally unguardable. Um, I don't care whether you're talking about a regular he's season not setting. I don't care. I don't care whether you're talking about a postseason setting, but you already know he's probably the biggest monster in post-ups, like the most refined post-up big in the game right now. And you can't do the natural thing you do for post-up players, which is bring the double because you can bring the double at any timing, at any angle, you know, whichever way on catch, you know, on first move, and he'll know how to respond. He'll know how to attack, and he knows how to find cutters, find open dudes. Um, again, like just as a weapon, and I say like as a big, if you're going to impress me, you got to show me something special. The special is he can't neutralize him on offense. It's impossible. Here's the thing about you know these bigs with AD and Nikola Jokic. My, you know, my, my kind of doc with or negative with AD and for Jokic for that matter is that you cannot build the offense, you, you know, the crux of your offense around those players and get to the finals and win an NBA championship. You, you know, they cannot be the center focal point main, you know, player of your offense and get and win an NBA championship. So from that perspective, I mean that, that that's negatives on both players. But let's not minimize the defense. You know, if if AD was an defense. average defender and Jokic and Jokic was a bad defender, like he is, um, then fine. I mean, I, I guess you can't really talk about defense too much. But when you got players on, you know, we were just talking about players on different ends of the spectrum on this 
you know, specific ability. I mean, that that's that's AD and Jokic on, on you know speaking on defense. So from that perspective alone, you can't put Jokic above AD. Hmm. Well, I mean, again, you know how I feel about defense. You don't give I a fuck about it, bro. You just said. I, I, I care about it, but if I see no, something special on the other end, it means like 100 times more to me. And Jokic, plain and simple, shows me that special, you know, on that offensive side. Because, I mean, I feel like I'm just repeating myself, but you can't guard him. Like, you literally just can't guard him. And I do kind of agree that you have to work really hard with your secondary pieces to create a championship-level team. And it makes it a lot harder with that sort of margin. But, you know, if you ask me, can Nikola Jokic be, you know, the best player on a championship winning team? I think so. You just need to have the, the you know, good complement pieces. And, the, and the, you know, and that's why I have him at number seven instead of something higher. Because, you know, that margin of creating a championship level team is just a little bit tough with a guy like Jokic. But he's clearly a top ten player in the NBA. I feel like he's shown it enough year, year, year out. I agree with you. I mean, I don't have him on my top ten list. Again, I had to kind of sneak him out of there just for Jimmy Butler. Um, but like that was real hard. And again, I do think he's one of the rare kind of pseudo superstars in the NBA. Where it's like I really want to call him a superstar, but I just can't yet. Um, but I do think he could be the best player on a championship team. But I see Julio kind of rolled his eyes at that because again, it kind of feels like when we talk about you know. Can you be the best player on a championship team? Yes, I think so. But if you also need a guard, can I really call you the best player? I still feel like you can call the guy who needs a guard with him the best player on the championship team if that's what he is. If he is a Jokic or a Giannis or an AD where it's like, okay, I have to pair you with a really good guard who can create primarily on offense when you can't. But that doesn't necessarily make you not the best player. I 100% agree with you. You can be the best player on a championship team. Well, my number seven, <laughs> this is where it gets ill. <laughs> Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. I have no problems with that. Oh, okay. Of cool. course you don't. Of course you don't. I'm, I'm glad you, you don't. don't. So I guess I'm just talking to you, Julio. Kawhi Leonard's at number seven. I have a, I have a beef with it. What's up? I mean, I, mean, I have to see who... I, I, I can probably assume some players ahead of him but i i don't even want to start naming names because i don't want to go into your list like that but explain why you why you have him at number seven not higher so there are two names that i i pondered upon um when it came to this five six seven range in addition to Kawhi leonard it was Kawhi, it was harden and it was luca steph oh steph's 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 pretty high up there for me um, and the reason why I have Luca ahead of Kawhi Leonard, explain to me what it is Kawhi Leonard does on a basketball court that makes him better than Luka Doncic. Defense. But is his defense like even like that otherworldly anymore? Is it, is it, is it, is it, it's still better. It's still better. I mean, yes, I mean, bro, look who you're talking to right now. Look who you're talking to right now. Like, this is the, like, I'm the D, like, I, I value defense probably more than I should, but it's like Kawhi Leonard not out here clamping up LeBron James like he was okay. in, like, two years, two years. It's, it's not game changing. I, I mean, I mean, it doesn't I, okay, but you're, you're, speak, you're speaking to someone who has Luka and Kawhi, like, right there. I okay. mean, I, I don't want to get into my list, but I have them essentially equal okay. on my list. All right, so that's, so, I mean, I mean so do you have a beef with my putting him ahead of James Harden or behind James Harden? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because, Consider- okay, well, if we do that, what's the, what's the, the criticism of James Harden? What's the criticism of James Harden as a player who can't carry their team and, you know, go above and beyond when it matters versus Kawhi given the sample we saw last year? The, I'm what's not going to let that slide. I mean – I've heard you go to lengths criticizing James Harden. I have what he does. To I have. Game. Now that's why I feel like he that's kind of that's kind of why. What is he going to show you that he can? 
No. The thing stop, is, right? Stop. And this is why I kind of hate doing lists like these is because it's like, you know, if ultimately if I'm going to make an argument for one guy or the other, it's going to sound like I'm docking the hell out of one guy when really we're talking about the top 10 players in the most competitive basketball league in the world. These are all hell, hella great players. We're kind of splitting it hairs here. But the reason I have James Harden over Kawhi Leonard is that James Harden creates, right? I talked about this sort of... So does Kawhi! Let me finish. I talked about this sort of renaissance that I have had over in Julio. You're partially to blame for this, man, because playing you in basketball is like kind of a motherfucker. But it's like I've seen James Harden create for himself. I've seen James Harden create for others. Does he have lapses in terms of, you know, what he's willing to do without the ball in his hands? Sure. But I feel like because that's the minimal stuff that you should be able to instill within him if he gave a shit. Kawhi Leonard can't do what James Harden can do with a basketball in his hands. Point blank, period. Kawhi can create okay, for so himself, I sure. Mean, and, and let me finish. Okay. Let me finish. Kawhi can create for himself, sure. And that in tangent with the fact that he was so clutch for Toronto and that he seemingly willed them to a championship, that was enough before for me to say, okay, Kawhi Leonard, top three NBA basketball player. But the Kawhi Leonard that we saw pack ship from Toronto, do all of this to go to Los Angeles, get Paul George, have all of these assets around him, be the leader of what was clearly the championship favorite, and then lapse like that as a leader and as a basketball player when the moment mattered most, I can't have you there anymore. I can't have you there wait, anymore. Wait, 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 Every wait, time wait, we talk I, about I just, Kawhi Leonard, let's face it, we're talking about what he's done, not what he's doing. I, I, just, found, I just found two holes. In your argument. Talk to me. You mentioned leader. You mentioned leader. I did. We're going to talk about off off the court. I mean, are, are we going to start, you know, docking people or, you know, giving people more props for what they bring to the team off the court? I mean, sure. Go ahead. Finish your point. Because, I mean, James Harden not doing that by any No, they're that, not. That so, little, okay. Partying with little Baby in the strip club. Call with that. Lil Baby in the strip club. Call it even. Like, okay. I'm with you. Okay, if if that's even, t- tell me at least one guy who's proven. Who's well, proven it out of, out of those two? Who has proven it? Yeah, to, to win at the highest level. I don't want to hear about Kawhi, what Kawhi has done anymore. He, I and, don't. And, I don't want to hear about what Kawhi has done when he was 23 and, in San Antonio and all he had to worry about was clamping up LeBron James in the NBA Finals. I don't want to hear about, about what Ka- I don't want to hear Toronto. about Toronto with that lucky-ass shot. Everything has fallen in Kawhi's, like, that, that things had to fall in favor of Kawhi. Dominoes had to fall. That, that shot had to fall. Kevin Durant had to get hurt. Klay Thompson had to get hurt. Like, let's face it. Things had to fall me, in his favor for that me, to happen. So, he didn't just will it. So same, he didn't overcome these like monstrous things. Like shit just kind of happened for Kawhi. Let's be real. Age, same age. Who would you rather have as the focal point of your team? You'd rather have James Harden. Same age. What do you mean? Like, like just assuming they're all, you know, they're both the same age. Who would you rather have Kawhi or James Harden? James A Harden. guy who stagnates your offense, pisses off your teammates. Kawhi is quiet, but he's not going to, you know, I mean, it's funny that you said, because when you said pisses off your teammates and stagnates your offense, I thought of Kawhi Leonard. Like, it's like, are we? I mean, who's who's won? Who's won? Who's proven? Why are you talking to me about what he's done? Like, what is he doing? He had every opportunity, right? The thing is, I was with you all the way up until this year. It's like, okay, Kawhi kind of has these things here and there, but I can't deny the fact that he wins. He wins. But okay, I'm, I'm saying he's had these meltdowns, right? James Harden has. But I'm saying the reason why I've had Kawhi over these guys in the past is because he's been able to prove it year in and year out. You put him out there, he goes and wins you basketball games. But when he's had the best opportunity to win, when everything seemed to be in his favor to win, when he had every opportunity to go out there and do what he set out to do, when he spent the entire offseason trying to do is form this championship team, now he can't win? Something is amiss. So now I I have to go back and reconcile with every Everything that I've seen from Kawhi Leonard in the past. And I think, damn, that shot really hit the rim seven times before it went in, didn't it? Damn, Kevin Durant really tore his Achilles in that series, didn't it? Damn, Klay Thompson really tore his ACL. Like, I feel like we might have been fooled, man. We've been bamboozled by, I'm sorry. You just don't don't win an argument just because, you know, you can... Talk over me and be loud like Stephen A. Smith. I'm I'm I'm, I'm hitting the Stephen A. right now, ain't I? (laughs) 
Damn, no, you got the floor. My point. You got the floor. I you lost the floor. my point. See? What was I gonna say? See, I'm not see. <laughs> Why you think Stephen A. does that? <laughs> a oh, Max oh, Kellerman oh, be like, uh, what was I finna say? No, I mean, all, all I'm Eddie, am I capping? Is if you rewind wait, to the wait, episode wait, we did wait, a year wait, ago, I, I just remembered. I just remembered. So after the 2011 championship, you would have ranked LeBron James as the number seven basketball player in the world. What? Connect those dots Every for me. Pl- my point is, is that every player has meltdowns. And in that specific situation, when LeBron and the Miami Heat clearly had by far, by far. You're, you're, you're missing my point, Julio. It's not, it's not just about the winning, right? It, to me, it, it's about basketball skill sets, right? This is what we're talking about here is basketball skill sets. And Kawhi, Kawhi is immensely, again, we're splitting at hairs here. Right, but Kawhi is an immensely skilled basketball player. But when I look at Kawhi, I see a guy who scores pretty much for himself, and he does that at a very high clip. But he does not create yes, a whole lot for his teammates. He stagnates the offense. He's, scored, he's, he's not scored, as impactful scores, on defense as he was before. He He'll give you his thirty, himself. right? Yeah, he scores for himself without totally capping your offense and the rest of your guys around him, like James Harden. I mean, in those moments where he has the ball, there's really not a whole lot going on with the rest of the offense. I'm not going to say he does it to the extent that James Harden fault. has. That's on coaching. That's not his fault. Mm, now it's fault. back to Doc Rivers. Now it's back to the pin downs. See where? Oh <laughs> see God. how it goes no, full no, circle? That, no, that, that's not on him. I can understand a guy like Steph who literally elevates the guys around him because of how much he moves, how much you know attention he attracts. I mean, James Harden, when he doesn't have the ball, he's just like, on board and maybe so does Kawhi but at least Kawhi doesn't you know totally micromanage your offense to where nobody else can get shot that's James Harden here here's my here's my underlying point here and here's why I brought up basketball skill sets it's like if I look at things in a vacuum purely as basketball skill sets James Harden takes the cake right but the reason why Kawhi Leonard was able to elevate above James Harden for me in the past is because I couldn't deny the fact that Kawhi Leonard was winning championships, right? Kawhi Leonard was a winner, and to me, winning Trump. You can't win every year. Oh, oh, oh. Now you're the Clippers apologist? Julio Martinez? I'm not an apologist. But what I'm saying is, right? I'm objective. Now it's making me. What ha- what occurred last year, the meltdown that we witnessed last year with that team that had everything at its, disposable to, at its disposal to go and win that championship, the fact that they didn't LeBron win, it made, it made me question. It made me question, Julio, and I think it's fair to question whether or not we might have been a little bit infatuated with Kawhi Leonard a bit too early considering how he's won in the past. No, well, here's here's two things. Talk about skill set. I know sometimes it doesn't look as pretty as a Devin Booker's or as seamless as a you know CJ McCollum or as you know entertaining as a Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant. But Ka- Kawhi, I mean, skill set. I don't, I don't know if y'all missing something, but I mean, I I don't know, man. Uh, he I has a good I, handle. I I he knows. It. I mean, I, Kawhi I I Leonard. See it far differently. His skill set's crazy. To, I Those mean, skill, Ka- Kawhi Leonard crazy. has what I think is probably extremely functional, right? Like he does all the things that he needs to do to get the it's shots that he way wants. Way more than functional. It's way more than functional. What I'm saying is, like, You're he right. knows how to get the shots that he wants. He knows how to get to his spots better than just about anybody in the league. Right, like he can go get to like I know I can score there, 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 and there. I know how to get there, 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 and there, and I know how I can make the defender not think that I'm getting there, 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 there better than anybody in the league. I'll give you that. I'll skill concede set. that. Strong I'll concede that. But what I'm saying is, in his doing that, right in the past, I'm saying okay, that's kind of a weird brand of basketball, but it wins, so I won't question it. Oh, so he doesn't win one year. And then next year... The year the year where everything should have came together. The year where there was no excuse not to win. There was zero excuse for this Clippers team not to win. You know that. You you agree with me on that. There's no reason that that Clippers team should not have won the so, NBA championship. I mean, but same thing. Le- LeBron had zero excuse to lose when he lost to the Mavericks. So what? He's still the best player in the world. Julio, I was that. 10. I, don't, I wouldn't rank him players, oh. man. I was like eating... Granola bars at, I mean, at snack. No, but let's put ourselves in that 
and, and also, that, but know, I mean, come on. But like again, even if we want to do that, now the LeBron skill set when we're talking about the skill set, I'm like, okay, maybe you didn't win, but at least that skill set that's not equatable to Kawhi's. Kawhi's current skill set's nowhere near 2011 LeBron James skill set. Oh my God. Yes, no, Julio, that's not disputable. That's not disputable. 2011 LeBron, you could argue, is the greatest basketball player to ever step on the court. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about the overall player. I'm just talking about skill sets. And if you want to base your argument straight on skill sets... Well, it's not skill set. It's like overall... No, 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 no. You're, You're conflating what I'm... like. When I say basketball, like, skill set, I mean overall basketball ability. I'm not just saying, like, handle no, and stuff. No, no, no. Skill set, skill set is dribbling ability. Handle, okay, all right. Well, let backs. me clarify that, like, overall okay. basketball okay. ability when it comes to Kawhi Leonard. Okay. And right, like, when it came to Kawhi Leonard's overall basketball ability, it that combined with his ability to win and come up clutch in the moments that matter the most, that was enough for me to say top three NBA player. But when I saw that collapse as horribly as it did this past season, I think it's fair to question i think it's fair i think it's fair to say that Kawhi leonard has something to prove all i'm gonna say is i agree with everything you're saying reagan except when i hear you talk it's almost like i'm listening to myself on the same top 10 episode a year ago (laughs) when i didn't have in my top 10 i'm like maybe i'm just foreshadowing maybe i just see all this stuff that people don't see and the same stuff I talked about when we were arguing on like. My man said foreshadowing like you were right. The man's clairvoyant. That man was wrong. You're still wrong. You're still wrong for that episode. I mean, I was right enough to convince one person to literally become. I mean, like, no, 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 because you, you see, because you see, he's 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 on my top ten list though. Like he's there. You 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 were fucking bugging. <laughs> you were bugging not and putting him on the top ten. But the thing is, what I might give you credit for, and I'll be honest, like sometimes it takes a stretch. To pull somebody a little bit, and you might have been the stretch. So it can can here, you take that here, away? Here's my here's my final point with Kawhi and a guy that I know you have over him, AD. I do have AD over him. Let, let's stop. Let's stop. I'm a Laker fan. I love AD. I hate the Clippers. I root against Kawhi. Kawhi is a better centerpiece than Anthony Davis. That's indisputable. Centerpiece Anthony like Davis a, as, as your the number one. Anthony Davis as your number one, and this is the same point I was bringing up with when when uh, Eddie brought up AD. I mean, him and Nola, you, you just can't you can't overlook that. See that, that that's the that. difference though, because I don't look at this stuff as saying, okay, let me rank the best number one players in the NBA. I, I look at it like let me rank the best basketball players, and if Giannis, hell, if Giannis can't I mean, be a number one, if Giannis can't be a number one, then I'm going to dock him for it. But that's not going to be the end all be all on my rankings, right? Same thing with Anthony Davis. I'm fully aware of the fact that Anthony Davis is likely not going anywhere, being a number one and carrying a team to an NBA championship. That's going to dock him on my list. That's the reason why he's not. You know, that's the re- if he could carry a number one team, then he'd probably be the best fucking player in the world, right? But the fact that he can't dock him a little bit, but that's not going to be the end all be all there are number ones who aren't as good as some number twos i think that's fair to say there yes i think that is a fair assessment Kawhi leonard is not better than anthony davis oh my god Uh, i mean jimmy butler fundamentally disagree on that damian lillard is not better than Giannis antetokounmpo I think those are fair things to say. But they're both number ones. But I'm saying when we pro- when we project Giannis onto the Kumpo in his current iteration, we all agree there's consensus here that Giannis onto the Kumpo as a one won't win you an NBA championship. So in his ideal no, situation, he can't be the, that, that's why I said he can't be the sole one. He has to have another number one with him. Okay, now now I'm confused. Okay, either way. <laughs> Yes, Kawhi Leonard at number seven. That that's that's that for me. Shall we move on to number six? Yeah, I think we have to. At yeah. This point. All right, you're up, Julio. This has been the first installment of the 2020-2021 Top 10 Players in the NBA presented by Hoop and Holler. Be sure to tune into the other two installments of this series coming at you right now. It's gonna get real interesting, folks. I'll let you know ahead of time. We'll see you there.